Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, Walt and I will lead a Bible study tour in the land of Israel. We will walk where Jesus walked, and we would love to meet you in person in Israel. The dates for the trip are November 8th to the 19th in 2022. That's later this year. Check out the link for the Walk with God Israel tour in the show notes below. Hello, friends, and welcome to Walk with God. Walt and I are thrilled that you've joined us, and we are going to continue to walk in the land of Israel where Jesus walked. Well, we like to go to the book of Psalms and read various chapters, look at some different verses, but we'll often take time to meditate. We'll pick out verses specifically and just reflect on them, sometimes commit them to memory. We will pray them back to the Lord, nothing like praying God's word um, back to him in praise and adoration for who God is. Well, David is credited with 72 psalms. And perhaps when you think of David, you immediately think about King David, the ruler over the nation Israel. And that certainly is true. But David throughout his entire life faced many challenges and difficult situations. David spent long hours talking to the Lord, singing psalms of praise to him. And today, we are going to look a little bit closer at Psalm 62, where David expresses his simple trust in God. Listen as I read verse 1. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Well, we need to break this down before we get into these next verses today because David uses the name Elohim for God. Elohim is used over 2,700 times in the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament. This is the first name for God that was used in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. And in these eight verses that we're going to work through together today, he refers to Elohim, God, five times. He calls out this name of God, tells us that God is eternal, that he is strong and mighty. He is a personal God. So he might be powerful, but he is personal. He chooses to be involved with his creation. And then David in verse 1 is saying, my soul finds rest in Elohim. And rest here is a surrendered silence before God. In fact, in the New American Standard Version, it says, my soul waits in silence for God only. It's a heart attitude, coming before the Lord, finding my rest and waiting on God to work and do his work in my life and in those around me. David's trust is in no other. His focus is totally, totally on God, on Elohim, the strong, 
the mighty God. My soul waits in silence. David, in fact, in as this psalm opens in verse 1, he comes to God. <laughs> no, David actually runs to God. And, you know, I love the way this psalm is introduced, this, this idea of confidence in God, the, the creator God, the powerful God. And he goes on to use some word pictures in verse 2. It says this, truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. He is my rock and refuge, my salvation, my deliverance, my fortress, a stronghold. The Hebrew word there is matzada, this, this desert stronghold we'll talk about later. But David has discovered God's solution. He, he wants us to rest in him in the midst of life's struggles and hard times. And I don't know where you're at today, but you might be in the midst of struggles and hard times. David says, look to God. Look to God alone. Focus on him. You know, one of the pictures of God that's used in Isaiah 40, it says the Lord will come with might, with his arm ruling for him like a mighty warrior. And that is our God. That is our powerful Elohim. But he also says, like a shepherd, he will tend his flocks. In his arms, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. God is not only pictured as a mighty warrior in his powerful nature, he's also pictured as a tender shepherd gathering us, carrying us close to his bosom. He's gentle and he cares for his own. And even as you share that, Walt, we see already in verses 1 and 2 a praise service as it is, right? Yeah. David says, turn to God. I wait for him. I find my rest in him. And then as you've just shared the definitions, meanings of words that David uses for God, for Elohim, I can't help but say, God is enough. The Lord is sufficient. And the psalmist, David, believes this with his whole heart, his soul, and with his mind. Elohim will give rest to all who seek quietness of heart. But in order to truly rest in God, we will need to wait on him. And in Psalm 62, there seems to be a time of trouble that's occurring in David's life. We're not sure when this psalm was written in his life, but it's interesting in these first two verses, while he asks nothing of God, he expresses no feelings of despair, but rather these first two verses clearly state his quiet dependence on Elohim. He declares he can find rest in God, even in the midst of the storm surrounding him, enemies pursuing him, the business of a king's life, David chooses to rest in God. And you know, friends, our hearts are never neutral. We don't, uh, we can't be neutral. Either God is good, he is sovereign, he is in control, or I'm sitting in my, you know, chair in the office and I'm saying, it all depends on me. But David says, truly, my soul rests in God. And Brenda, even as you were sharing that, it reminds me of back as a new believer at Penn State. Um, I was there and involved with a campus ministry now called Crew or Campus Crusade for Christ. And, and they had a great um, little gospel presentation. But what it talked about is who is sitting on the throne of your life? Is it God or is it myself? 
and, and to really rest, we need our soul to rest in God. He needs to be at the center on the throne of our life. Well, continuing on, David's going to talk about distress, enemies who seek to destroy him. And this was before he was a king. This was when he was anointed as a king. This is when he became the functioning king. And it says this in verse 3, How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. And with their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Selah, stop, think about this. And even as David's crying out to the Lord, how long will you attack me? He's saying, Lord, I'm being attacked. Um, These men are chasing me. Um, They have a crazy persistence. And he said, "Um, I'm like a leaning wall or a tottering fence. But these people are two-faced. They're hypocrites. With their mouth they bless. But in their hearts, they curse. Outwardly, it sounds like they're blessing David. But inwardly, in their hearts, they're cursing him, and their actions are not for David. And in these two verses, David stressed his confidence. Then he wants the, the, and presents the distress he is facing as his enemies seek to destroy him. And he wants us to stop and to pause and to think about this. Um, one, I trust in God alone. And two, my enemies are chasing me, and they want to kill me. Stop and think about this. Um, David's not sitting in his throne room with his royal robes. No, David is running for his life and also running to the Lord. Both are very important. And so as we have looked at verses 1 and 2 and then share verses 3 and 4, we see the contrast there. David's coming before and he's saying, I will find rest in the Lord. You are my salvation. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You're the mighty, strong God. And then David says, I've got this little problem (laughs) in 3 and 4. Yeah. Enemies are chasing me. In fact, not only are they chasing me, but they want to take my life from me. And so, as we now move into verse 5, 6, and 7, David is going to make a bold declaration. Once again, his trust is in Elohim. His trust is in Elohim. He says in 5, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. David declares and reaffirms from verses 1 and 2, what he truly has experienced from God in his life. Yes, my soul finds rest. If I wait in silence for God only, God's going to take care of me. He's going to watch over me. Stop what you're doing. That that uh, verse that we're so familiar with, Psalm 46.10, cease striving, cease striving, and know that I am God. And then David goes on with this bold declaration, truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. I love these word pictures that David is talking about. In the midst of being attacked, in the midst of, of all of this, he says, I have hope that comes from God. And hope is a really big thing when you're being attacked, when you're uncertain, when you feel like um, 
all the, the walls are crashing down upon you. Hope is so important. And he refers again to this rock. And when you're in Israel, you see rocks all around you. Every day. <laughs> and so that idea, that concept of rock, my salvation, my fortress. And I just love that, that sentence, I will not be shaken. And you would think that David would be cowering in a corner or cowering in the back of a cave doing what? Shaking. And he says, no, I will not be shaken because I know I can depend on the Lord. And all of these words that David is using here in these verses we're looking at, he's claiming that it's a personal relationship that he has with Elohim. This is my rock. This is my salvation, my fortress, my mighty rock, my refuge. He wants to use repetition to get our attention. And he says, because I have this personal relationship with Elohim, the strong and mighty God, I will trust in him. And you know, in a passage of scripture like this, we have the opportunity to reflect on God's character, on who he is, considering a number of his attributes and reasons why we can trust in Elohim, the mighty God. And you know, even as you're, you were talking about this, Brenda, I, I just think of that famous hymn, um, that a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. And th- th- this imagery of God as a fortress, as, as, a, as a stronghold. And now David is going to turn and he's going to address the congregation. Before he's been talking about this, this is me, this is what I've been experiencing, but this is the choice I've made. I've chosen to trust in God because he is that stronghold. He is that rock. He is that tower we can run into. He's our fortress and he's my hope. He's that refuge. David concludes this section of Psalm 62 in verse 8, and he says to the congregation, trust in him at all times, you people. Now, this is him telling others, I want to influence you. As your king, I want to lead you in your trust of God at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. David is talking to the people, to his people, and he's imploring them, trust in God. Elohim at all times. He says that the peace and the glory and the wonder of trusting in God, it works for me, and you should trust him also. It'll work for you. You can pour out your hearts to him. We have a sensitive shepherding God. He's stable as a rock, but he's not hard like a rock. He provides shelter and protection and safety. And even as we get to this statement, David addresses the people with a powerful statement, trust at him in all times. And because you trust in him, pour out your heart before him. And that idea of um, who do we share our hearts with? You know, we share our hearts with someone we can trust, a safe person, right? And so David says, trust in him at all times. In fact, you can trust him so much that you can share everything in your heart with him. You can trust Elohim. And and even in this psalm, it's a psalm of praising God in the midst of that. 
I am choosing to trust in him. You know, we were laughing at each other because earlier today we were talking about this is one of our favorite sites in Israel. And then we said, no, they're all our favorite sites. But, <laughs> yeah. But we were thinking got lots about, of them. Anyway. We got a lot of them. But we were thinking about Masada. It's down by the Dead Sea, rises over a thousand feet up from the Dead Sea. And it's this stronghold. It's an amazing fortress that was created there in the Judean wilderness by Herod the Great, the, the king that tried to kill baby Jesus. And when you go there, we talk about it's a secure place. It's a refuge. If everything else fell apart for Herod the Great, he would come there and he had enough provisions to last years. And he had enough water stored up to last years. And that was a secure place, a refuge for him. But, but in reality, David is saying, no, even better than a, a place like that, even better than a refuge, a physical refuge, is God, our fortress, our shelter, our stronghold. And then he says, Selah, stop, pause, think about this. Well, as we close our time together, we pray these eight verses in Psalm 42 will encourage you in your daily walk with God. And we just ask that you would even go to the Lord like David does. Go to the Lord and pour out your heart. He's there. He's a powerful God. A mighty fortress is our God, but he's also a tender, loving, caring shepherd. Again, walk with God. And as you walk with God, talk with God. We just pray that you might do this um, more each day, and we want to do the same thing with you. Trust in him. Pour out your heart before him. And then, Selah. Stop, pause, think about this, and we pray that these eight verses in Psalm 62 will encourage you in your daily walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, Brenda and I will be leading a Bible study tour in the land of Israel. We will walk where Jesus walked, and we would love to meet you in person there in Israel. The dates for the trip are November 8th through the 19th of this year, 2022. Um, check out the link for the Walk with God Israel tour in the show notes below.